As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, it's four straight losses for the 49ers. Feels a little bit like they're free-falling, and at the very least, they're mightily struggling right now. Dropped a 2-4 and four after a 30-18 to 18 loss against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, guys, mediocre teams deal with a litany of problems that they're never able to fully address. And this is something I warned about a couple weeks ago after one of the losses. And I said, okay, well, we can identify some of the stuff the 49ers need to fix, but if they don't fix it, ultimately that becomes your identity. They, you know, the narrative becomes the reality and that bad narrative is becoming a reality for the 49ers. It it was raining. Yes. uh, It was a sloppy game. There are, a lot of things that you could say to excuse away some of the performance, but you can't excuse away all of it. And the bottom line is that the the issues that we saw, you know, beginning with uh, uh, third down conversion percentage and then extending to the inability to play a deep ball by the secondary on defense. The 49ers now have 14 defensive pass interference penalties and 250 yards lost on pass interference penalties, leading the league in both categories. All, all of these issues, uh, th- they're not new and they were exacerbated in this loss to the Colts. So uh, red alert right now, all alarm bells should be going off, Matt, because the 49ers uh, don't seem to have answers. And Kyle Shanahan, when he was speaking to the media after this game, admitted that he doesn't currently have answers. And that's a very bad sign for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kyle Shanahan was adamant, uh, almost defiant when people were asking him about Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers had a plan. They were sticking to the plan. And, uh, you know, nothing was going to change that. Today, it was a different Kyle Shanahan. He was uh, obviously frustrated. Uh, I would describe him as, I don't know what the right word is, uh, humbled, uh, reduced a bit uh, because uh, of what you just described. Um, No real answers to their problems. I mean, uh, we've seen this uh, ad nauseum now where uh, an opposing quarterback just kind of launches the ball in the air 
and a 49ers defensive back just crashes into the receiver on a on a, a throw that that's short. Uh, five PI penalties called against the 49ers against the Colts, um, and then um, you know it, it's, it's such a strange uh, strange offense, a strange team, Dennis, in that. They look good to begin the game. I mean, rollouts, um, easy throws for Garoppolo, uh, Elijah Mitchell breaking off big runs. Uh, he ended up with 107 yards, 5.9 yards a carry. That's that's perfect. That's great. If you would have told me that, uh, you know, heading into the game, that he would have come out of the game with those stats plus a touchdown, I would have said, oh, the 49ers probably won. They probably won comfortably. But, you know, it starts out that way, and then there's one really fantastic drive in the middle of the third quarter where they, they score on, on three plays, and the rest of it is just bumbling and stuttering and really not being able to get out of their own way. And um, kind of brings me back to something that, that you've been saying, you identified a, a couple weeks ago. This a team doesn't seem to have any any anybody stepping up, any leaders, anybody kind of kicking him in the uh, you-know-what, and uh, I got that impression today. Like, when when things started to go bad, uh, Debo Samuel was playing hard, a couple of other guys were playing hard, but boy, uh, he didn't have much faith that this team was going to pull it out when uh, they started to fall behind. You know, it, it was a tough watch because, you know, you see this, this football team come out and go right down the field. As a matter of fact, I think their first three possessions, there are points on the board even though they missed uh, an extra point. But they were up in this game, uh, and then all of a sudden at halftime, they're down by one point. And the, and the offense disappears <laughs> in, in the third or the second quarter and the third quarter, just absolutely disappears. And, 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 it, and it, kind of, it kind of makes me want – I mean, you know, we know, we talk about it all the time. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. He's a great play caller. But I don't know if maybe his his playbook's too big for himself because he's he has a game plan. Looks like it's working. You got Jimmy Garoppolo getting out of the pocket on some bootleg stuff. And then you just go back to him being in the pocket. And it makes it easier for, you know, for for the rush to get to him right up the middle. It's easy to read his eyes. Uh, and then the offense kind of shuts down. So I, I don't know if, if if Kyle Shanahan kind of forgets what what works because what what it usually is, you know, you, uh, you 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 exploit a defense until they can defend you, and then you move on to something else. And I think in this football game, the offense was successful when they were getting Jimmy outside the pocket in some of these naked boots and letting them kind of throw down the field, wide open receivers down the field. And we saw that uh, late in the third quarter when they ran, when they had those three plays, and it was a touchdown. Um, I, and then the, then you get the ball back and you put Jimmy back in the pocket and he throws an interception. I think the, the biggest problem with this 49ers offense is that there's only one really receiver on this team. Brennan Ayuk is not showing up. Uh, and everyone knows the ball's going to Debo. There's no George Kittle to throw to. So it becomes a one receiver offense and it makes it real tough, I think, for, you know, for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he only trusts Debo Samuel. So it makes it easy to kind of defend. And, you know, we, we talk about the, uh, the secondary and and a lot of those PIs, if you notice, it looks like it's broken coverages, and the secondary's running to catch up to receivers that they've lost, and then never really turn around, and then just kind of pile drive the receiver, and then there's a there's a PI, and I I think after each PI, at least tonight, there were six points on the board 
for the Colts. So, you know, there's that's football one-on-one. That's technique. That's communication. But it's weird when you look at this football, team because at the beginning of this football season, you know, we were talking about running the division. And now these guys are in, in dead last. And it, and, and it really doesn't look like, you know, there's a way of getting out of it. And, you know, unless you put a fire under somebody, and I don't know what, what gets this team fired up. Like, there's no leaders on this football team. So I don't know what gets this team fired up. Is it a quarterback change? Is it got the, does that get the, the team fired up? Or do you, you know, have to, some heads have to roll. A secondary coach has to, has to be fired. So I, I don't know. It, it's really hard to watch this team play. And it was tough to watch this game today. And both teams were playing in the same element. And you, you saw Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter make plays uh, to keep possession of the football. So it's, it, it was tough to watch today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a team-wide malaise, right? You're, you're seeing problems sprout up everywhere. They tried by, you know, their hand being forced a different quarterback against Arizona, and, and we saw a lot of the same issues. I think the defense played a lot better, obviously, against the Cardinals. Uh, they, they got the praise they rightfully deserved in that game, but the offense was still this completely disjointed mess even when Trey Lance was playing. I, I think it's really clear you know and today it it, it was less clear it was it's more muddled when it's raining and everything because you could always make excuses wet ball all this all that Carson Wentz didn't have a problem with it uh, throwing deep because the 49ers secondary was there interfering with people all day but I think in general if you look at a larger body of work uh, Kyle Shanahan especially without Raheem Mostert without the you know the healthy stable of running backs uh, needs more dynamic play from the quarterback position to, to stretch out the field. So I think you see where the thought process came in to, to pair Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo. You see where this whole QB mix and match, you know, sprinkle in the explosive youngster uh, to, to really raise the ceiling of that offense. You see where that thought process originated. The problem is that it's gone completely off the rails uh, because of the old, uh, I think it was the Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So the 49ers had this cute plan where they're going to leverage Garoppolo's efficiency and then move in there with Trey Lance's explosiveness and have it you know, seamlessly go back and forth between the two. And the offensive ceiling would be raised for 2021 before they decided what to do moving forward with Trey Lance being the guy of the future. I mean, that was all great on paper. It was great when it was nice and sunny against the Raiders in the preseason and the 49ers moved the ball down the field like a uh, you know hot night through butter against the Raiders third stringers but then the actual season has started Garoppolo got hurt again 
They had to go to Trey Lance before he was fully ready to deliver from the pocket, so they had to run Trey Lance 16 times. That got Trey Lance heard. Then they played Garoppolo in the rain against the Colts. No Lance to be seen. He is obviously inactive, and now the whole thing's a mess, and Kyle Shanahan's not even sure what he's going to do next week. So so how quickly things go from, oh, this is going to be perfect, to uh, this went off the rails, and, and it looks like the entire train is derailed right now, Matt. So uh, what do they have to do to get it back on track? Because if I remember correctly, Jimmy Garoppolo's first 49ers start came at Chicago in 2017. This is the 49ers' next visit to Soldier Field. Uh, is this going to be where, where Trey Lance takes over and earners? We don't even know if he's healthy right now. That's how big of a mess this is. I, I, I don't know what Shanahan is thinking. And, and when Shanahan was leaving the podium, you know, the scary part is I, I got the feeling he didn't know what, what, what he's thinking moving forward. That, that's how jumbled of a mess this is right now. Yeah, I think he's so frustrated that he'd love to make a change there. I just, I think my, my suspicion, and I don't know what's going to happen, is that uh, he ends up with uh, with Garoppolo as the starter against the Bears for, you know, the, the biggest reason being that they're not sure if Trey Lance is healthy or not. He didn't he didn't practice at all. We didn't see him at all last week. And uh, apparently he just did some a little bit of throwing on his own um, after practice. But it, it certainly wasn't um, a, a great deal of work. And they've been so careful with him to this point. Well, uh, outside of. Week five and all the abuse he took. But as far as kind of uh, allowing him in the games and whatnot, um, I'm skeptical that they will will pull the trigger and go with him at this spot. I mean, this is the 49ers plan. They've uh, telegraphed that they think it's too early for Trey Lance at this point. He's not ready. Um, And now they're in a situation where, where where do you go? Like Dennis says, how do you... Uh, breathe some life into this team, um, you know, especially when you've, you've basically admitted that we don't think that uh, th- this rookie quarterback is ready to take over at this point. So my guess is that it will be Garoppolo. Um, and uh, again, it's another beatable team, uh, you know, a, a team that they should uh, be competitive with. But um, boy, they're, they're, they're facing some only okay teams and they're not coming out very well on these. So uh, I don't I don't know what the answers are. And I think you're right. Kyle Shanahan, more importantly, doesn't know what the answers are. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, as the season goes on, we're going to see more and more rookies in there. We saw Talanoa Hofanga uh, replaced uh, Joukowsky Tart. Uh, Jalen Moore was there for Trent Williams. Um, we, we've noted the cornerback struggles. Both of the 49ers rookie quarter, uh, cornerbacks were healthy scratches. I wonder if that changes. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick did not look good in, in his one kind of significant snap there. And boy, I, I thought that, that Josh Norman, he did poke away the, the ball for that first, uh, takeaway on the, uh, opening play by the, uh, by the Colts. But he looked uh, a half step slow out there today. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of relies on that, uh, that arm around the waist, uh, the veteran way to kind of slow down a, a receiver way too much. And he's getting flagged for it. Uh, four pass interference calls in four games for him. And that, uh, that leads the 49ers. And, you know, today, a lot, a lot even in, in the run support, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities for him. Uh, to set an edge and, you know, yes, Jonathan Taylor's a beast, had a fantastic game, 100-yard game. 
But there's some opportunities to get him on the ground, and he just kind of ran outside or he, you know, kind of dipped back inside. And, you know, Josh Eyes was, you know, kind of in the backfield and kind of missed a lot of plays there. So, you know, it, it was it was an all-around, just, just like I said, a, a tough, tough game to watch. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's in a, in a, in a real interesting position because, you know, head coach, you know, his job is to win football games, of course, which he's not doing, and also to develop some type of quarterback. You know, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, you go out and you sell and you sell your next your next two years of first round draft picks. You have to develop a quarterback and he's got his quarterback that's kind of beat up and, and, and you can't and he's already admitted that he's not ready to play. But, you know, he, he could be ready to play if, if you get him in the football game. So, you know, he's he's in a weird position because he's he, he's not developing developing his third over round draft pick. And the guy that, that they thought that was going to come in and be strong and be consistent, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not playing well either. So I can understand his frustration. But, you know, moving forward, you know, how do you get these guys motivated? Because after Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, you got – you got the Rams and the Cardinals to still to play, and then you got the Seahawks coming back around. So, I mean, if 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 you can't win on the road next week, um, you know what's going to happen. I know the trade deadline's heading up. Do you do you try to see what kind of capital you have to move on to kind of bring in some talent, some veterans on this football team, or do you put your rookie out there against a very physical? Uh, Chicago Brown or Chicago Bears um, defense and hope he doesn't get beat up again. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan's in a, in a real interesting position because he's got to make some serious decisions about this football team. And I think we can start talking about, you know, management's looking, you know, they, they're they looking and this is four games in a row. Uh, and I, I mean, two games, I can say for sure they probably should have won and just, you know, it's just not that effort. Uh, to win, to make plays at the end of the football game, to win these games. So, you know, he's in an interesting position. He's going to make some major decisions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, plays at the end of football games, that, that's the operative uh, phrase right there because the 49ers have started hot in the script, right, that Kyle Shanahan has uh, obviously pre-planned during the week against both the Seahawks with Garoppolo starting and now against the Colts. But then, you know, after the luster of those first couple drives wears off, it's just been a fall from a cliff for this 49ers offense. So when you talk about Kyle Shanahan managing everything and managing the roster, doing this and doing that, uh, the, the, the thing that he's supposed to be great at, the, you know, the calling card for why, why Kyle Shanahan was hired, the play calling is just not reactive in a productive way right now it's i think it's a very disturbing trend to see how quickly the 49ers offense efficiency wise just loses it after the script it plays in these games and i thought that 
early on, there was a lot of misdirection for the 49ers against the Colts. They were, uh, you know, rolling Garoppolo out, the you know, bootlegs off play action. They were running Elijah Mitchell outside zone right, Elijah Mitchell outside zone left, and then they followed up with an inside zone run for a touchdown. The Colts star linebacker Darius Leonard came out after the game and said that he was happy that the 49ers stopped running misdirection because the Colts were having trouble stopping it. It's kind of like Tyron Matthew after the Super Bowl saying he was happy the 49ers stopped running because the Chiefs <laughs> were were uh, it, were were struggling to, to stop running the ball. Well, when, when the opponent literally comes out and says that, uh, it, it means that you probably lost a little bit of touch as far as the balance of play calls midstream. And I, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if Shanahan is stressed out about all this other stuff that Dennis was talking about so that he loses a little bit of his chess player's ability in the middle of games. But, uh, you know, I've already rewatched the game once, and I noticed that the, the Colts actually played one of the Jimmy Garoppolo rollouts really well. That they, they, they sniffed it out on drive three, I think. And right after that, Shanahan didn't roll Garoppolo out anymore. All it took was one Colts adjustment, and then Shanahan just abandoned the counter adjustments. It started raining, and he started running up the middle, and the offense lost all inventiveness. There was a three-play drive in the second half where the 49ers picked up 70 yards because they started running play action, rolling Garoppolo out again, throwing the ball downfield. But that was more of an exception than the rule. The rest of it was just flat, stagnant, whatever you want to call it, that script magic was gone. And, and Matt, I mean, this is a coach that has lived off of beating his opponents to the punch on the counter adjustments. And that that simply did not happen against the Colts, whereas I thought Indianapolis uh, was able to adjust as the game went along with, with how their play calling went. Yeah, and, and we should note that, uh, you know, the, the, the 49ers' big excuse over the, the years, uh, and a legitimate one, is that they've been – uh, injured. They've had key injuries everywhere. The, the Colts were just as injured, if not more so, than the 49ers in this game. You mentioned Darius Leonard. He's dealing with uh, ankle and knee injuries. He's not quite as, as fast, although he did uh, manage to punch another ball out uh, uh, for a forced fumble against the 49ers. But, um, you know, I was watching Xavier Rhodes, uh, the veteran cornerback, Guy was hobbling around like he's 72 years old out there before the game. He, he pulled the calf muscle in warm-ups, and he gutted it through the game, and he comes up with the key interception. Uh, the other starting cornerback, Rocky Sin, was out for the game. The, 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 the Colts lost a third guy uh, in the first half. I mean, th- this was not a full-strength Colts team. And, uh, you know, the, the 49ers were still kind of shooting blanks uh, in, in the middle of this game against them. So, um, you know, it goes back to what we're saying. They, they need somebody to step up. And, and, and I, I think uh, you guys would agree that, that Debo Samuel has consistently done that. He, he had a, uh, a fumble in this game, so it wasn't a perfect game uh, from him by any stretch. Uh, but, but he's the one guy from week one to week seven, whatever we're in right now, uh, who I feel is kind of bringing that fight week in and week out. And you've seen it from Kyle Juszczyk. Um, you've seen it from a couple of other guys, but it's just so inconsistent. Eric Armstead, I felt, uh, disappeared for, for long stretches today. I thought, actually, Fred Warner played well and Aziz Alshair played well. The secondary did it. They're just It's just sporadic. It's just not consistent from everybody. And I think that that's 
an overall leadership thing. It's like you can't have 30% of your, your team uh, playing lights out week in and week out. It has to be near 100 every week if you're going to win. Uh, and that's what, uh, Dennis, I think that's what the, the missing element has been through seven weeks. Yeah, and I, I think we, we should be done with, with the injury thing. I mean, injuries are part of this game. And, you know, you, whoever's up, you have to play or, or you have to work through that, that, that injury. And what I'm afraid of, and I think I've said it before, I think I'm, af- I'm afraid that this team has just gotten to the point now because, you know, the, over the last four seasons, not counting uh, 2019 when you, went, when you go to the Super Bowl, um, the team's been beat up and it's just kind of been kind of a give up on the season. And, you know, we're out there, we're going to give an effort and, you know, most likely we're not going to do it because we're beat up. We're missing this person. We're missing this person. And then we're just going to give our best effort. And then, you know, we're going to move on to the next game. I haven't heard one guy say after a football game, you know, we got to be better. We got to, we, someone's got to do something. Someone's got to step up. It's always, well, we're back to the drawing board. We'll try to figure out what's going on. Well, we know what's going on. You're not executing on offense or defense. How do you get to that point? I mean, and and that's and that speaks to to the leadership. So I, I think the injuries part is is the injury part, you know. And and whoever's out there playing, or if you're not going to be out there playing, but some guys just have to step up. And you know, Debo's been a guy. He did have the fumble uh, tonight, but again, he's having a phenomenal season, a breakout season. But he can't do it all. Elijah Mitchell, he can't do it all. And right now, you basically got two guys on offense that are your only playmakers. Your quarterback's not consistent. But you have a you have a a wide receiver in Debo, and you have a, you have a running back in Elijah Elijah Mitchell, and they're playing the hardest of the whole you know defense you know or the the offense you know the offense offensive lines playing tough, but still you got to have more players than just two, and you got to have an offense that's got more than one receiver. I don't know what's going on with Brandon Ayuk. I, I don't understand what's going on from the kid that 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 came on the scene as a rookie, and I thought he was going to be a superstar. He had an end around, and he just got flipped over. You know, and we saw what we did on, on the punt. I mean, I don't know what happened. You know, year two so super important. I just don't understand how someone who played so well as a rookie just disappears in an offense. And he should be a superstar. He should be the other threat. He should be the deep threat on this on this 49ers offense. And, you know, it's it's just it just baffles me a little bit. And, and I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what's I haven't been in any practices. I don't know what the culture is, but it looks like this team is just kind of like, well, Christmas is coming up. The season's going to be over. And this is the best effort I'm going to give. Hey, you know, that that whole situation with, with Ayuka is strange. I mean, he, he's obviously not the same player that he was in 2020 and I, I don't think anybody on the outside is able to put a firm confident finger on why that is i mean we know that he came into training camp heavier as far as muscle though but everybody assumed that was good weight that he was stronger i, I don't know if that's causing him to uh not be able to separate as much out on the field or if it's a domino effect kind of thing maybe he came in at a different muscle mass that uh you know wasn't uh you know conducive to the style of play that he delivered in 2020 because five or ten pounds is a big deal in the NFL for these guys. It's very intricate. The margins are small and maybe that contributed to uh, some confidence issues so he's not running the right routes. He's not on the same page. Either way, Dennis, you're right. Jimmy Garoppolo seems to only trust Debo Samuel right now. Ayuk had, what, one target today. 
um, that's not going to do it. And if we're talking confidence, that 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 punt return was one of the most brutal plays I've seen in a while. Where I, I think Ayuk lucked out that because he kicked it into the end zone, that that was a touchback. But um, he he just kind of half-hearted back there, Matt. Uh, didn't even you know attempt to, to catch the punt, backed off, and when you back off, the last thing you can do is get near the ball close enough so that it could graze you on the way by. I mean, the 49ers played a very infamous rain game where Kyle Williams wasn't really sure what he was doing right against the New York Giants yeah. in the NFC Championship game, and that ended up disastrous, and that almost ended up disastrous for Brandon Ayuk returning punts, and then he goes back there on the very next one, and that explosiveness that we saw from him in 2020 – it's just not showing up either when he's touching the ball on offense, that's not happening a lot, or when he's back there for these punt returns, it's two steps and he gets creamed, right? So I don't know what's wrong because the 49 is still giving him snaps, you know, like this whole doghouse thing I don't get because if you're in the doghouse, you're, you're sitting on the bench. You're not playing. They're still playing him, but he's obviously not playing well enough, not doing whatever he needs to to become a, a confident part of what they're doing. Right, so it, it's really a confounding situation, and it's one that has totally hamstrung the 49ers offense. Because with Kittle out, the only trusted guy right now is Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's obviously not a coaching issue because you can just see it in the in the targets um, that that he and Debo Samuel are getting. I mean, Debo Samuel is getting by far the lion's share of everything. He was targeted eleven times in this game. Uh, Ayuk targeted once. It's not quite that stark uh, season-wide, but it's close. Um, and, um, you know, it, you know that, that's, uh, you know, when, when the quarterback isn't looking for the guy, that, that tells you that the, the trust isn't there. I mean, it's, just, it, it's so automatic uh, when you only have, what, 2.5 seconds to throw or, or whatever it is, and they're just not looking his way. Uh, and Trey Lance was the same way in the game against Arizona. So um, I don't think uh, – we certainly don't know what the answer is. I don't think the 49ers know what's going on. Uh, they just know that something – and, and what, what's weird, and, and David can back me up on this, is that that first week of, of training camp, I thought Debo Samuel looked fantastic, and I thought Brandon Ayuk looked really good too, making a lot of catches. Uh, and Garoppolo was looking for him quite a bit as well. Uh, and then something happened midway through, and this was even before the, the hamstring injury, where it, it just slowed down for him. Uh, and he wasn't as productive in, in, uh, in, in those practices. And I don't know if he's in the doghouse or, not, uh, or what, but um, you know, I, I think what Dennis said, the second year is so important for these guys. And I think Kyle Shanahan is very cognizant of that and they wanted it to do the right thing they wanted to coach him hard they didn't want to see him relax um and uh you know they're they're now in this kind of uh, vortex where they they may have played this wrong and and he's sort of uh sliding even further but um yeah he was a non-factor today and uh this really that that's that's the tough thing uh, we're in week seven, and there's really nowhere else for this team to go. I mean, there was talk about uh, at the beginning of the week uh, trading for Marlon Mack, who we saw today. He got just a couple of carries for the Colts, but he's a veteran. Uh, that's, is, is that really going to change anything? Probably not. Uh, so, you know, at, at this stage in the game, uh, you, you're you're kind of stuck with what you got. And uh, the 49ers need to figure something out, or, or this is going to go 
even further south than uh, than it did today. And yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what, what I mean. What can you do? I mean, the only thing you can do is be better, right? I mean, as as football players, I mean, you just you have the one position on this team that you have to be consistent, consistently good to be successful is a quarterback position. And you know, we've we've talked about it now. It you have to be good at the quarterback position to win football games. And I to me it feels like Jimmy Garoppolo's been going backwards since he's been here. Every year it seems like he just goes backwards, takes a step backwards. And you know, we before the season we talked about, you know, did he feel anything about Trey Lance being drafted? I think it's affecting him a little bit because he doesn't look I know it's the injuries again, but he, he it really seems like he is going backwards. There's a few plays today where, you know, he was handing the ball off. He was he was he was facing the wrong direction or he was his timing was off. And that speaks to this whole offense. It, it just feels like the timing is off and the quarterback, you know, third downs. I mean, you're what one and eleven and third down conversions, that's all on the quarterback. The quarterback has to get the team in the position, especially on third down, to convert on third down. So it just feels to me Jimmy Garoppolo's taking steps backwards instead of forward. I remember when he came here, he was the next coming of a Joe Montana. Tom Brady is going to be on this football team. And it just feels like he's gone backwards each year he's been on the team. It's a valid point because all the throws, you know, the you know, Shanahan used to call Garoppolo the, the human jugs machine, how that ball would just zip out of his arm and he'd be able to pepper the field, uh, you know, with, with with that accuracy to set up the yards after the catch. Uh, it, it seems to me that obviously in 2017, he, he was top of the league good in those five games. That That's what got everybody really excited. That's what got Jimmy Garoppolo the contract. But obviously the, the, the sample was still small, so nobody was sure how it would you know pan out over a longer period of time, which is why the 49ers were able to structure a deal they could get out of later. Tears his ACL in 2018, uh, so that that's a lost season. Comes back in 2019 and is not as good as he was in 2017. But he's obviously still doing a lot right in 2019 to be able to uh, be the quarterback while the 49ers go to to the Super Bowl. And, and he he had his moments. He, he had some times in that 2019 season where he put his team you know on his back and and and, and carried them because it wasn't all defense and all running game throughout uh, that 2019 season. They, to to win that many games, to go that far, everybody's got to contribute. And Garoppolo definitely was an above replacement level contributor for that football team. But uh, I, I don't know if it was, you, you know, just the the gut punch that is a blown Super Bowl loss or uh, the, the gut punch that were multiple injuries in the 2020 season. Whatever it was, it's not just Garoppolo. It's just this whole Garoppolo-Shanahan combination has just not clicked in the way that we saw it click through those five games in 2017 and the entire 2019 season. And uh, it, it's really hard to put your finger on one thing when different problems are always springing up in different games. Right now, the one that I can't get over is the fact that the 49ers are good in the scripted portion of the game, but bad later. It's almost like there's this you know lack of trust going multiple ways. Not enough trust from Shanahan and Garoppolo, and then not enough trust from Garoppolo and his receivers. 
And then, you know, maybe not enough trust from Shanahan and his receivers. I mean, just this multiple direction of mistrust, right? That's going on in this 49ers offense, which is the opposite of cohesiveness. And to be successful offensively, the 49ers of the legendary dynastic days know this. It's all about cohesion between play caller and quarterback, Walsh and Montana, Shanahan and Young. And right now, they're not having that cohesion up top. And you could tell. You watch and you just don't feel confident when that offense lines up under center. Yeah, we're talking about development and developing players when we're talking about Ayuk and Garoppolo. And we're talking about guys that you expect to make steady, incremental progress from one year to another. And they didn't. And some guys have. I mean, um, Debo Samuel just looks so fantastic when he's out there. Uh, he's having a great season, and you can say the same with, with, with George Kittle. Um, he's done it, but uh, you, you need to have you know just about everybody doing that in order to be successful. And, and you know we're, we're all kind of describing the same thing from from different angles. It's this idea that um, it, it just can't be uh, as sporadic as it's been, uh, up and down. Some guys developing, some guys not. Dante Pettis catching a touchdown for the uh, the Giants today is, is kind of reminiscent of that. Um, there have been some prominent misses uh, on this team, and when, whether it's between personnel or whether it's Shanahan related, whether he's kind of uh, you know picking up guys and then kind of not not being able to uh, develop guys that he likes coming out of college, that seems to be a, a theme here. Um, and I don't know what, uh, what the solution is and, and why it's, uh, it's not uniform, but um, you know, that's, uh, that, that's very problematic for this team is that young guys, they expected to make big leaps uh, you know, in, in the last few years, just haven't done that. Uh, and Ayuk is, is one, and, and Garoppolo looks like he's another. Yeah, and if you even look at this draft, the best, that's the best player out this draft is – Elijah Mitchell, right? And he was what? A six-rounder. Six-rounder. Yeah. So and you, all your other guys are either hurt or not suited up or healthy scratches. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 about developing players, but it's also about finding the right player that fits in your system and going out and finding some ballers. And I know it's it's tough to do. And when I was in the league, a lot of guys came in that were great in college, but they weren't very good as professionals. So it's a 50-50. It's a, it's a chance thing, but somehow you got to be, be able to develop them. And I think, like I said, Kyle Shanahan is in an interesting position because, you know, he's got to win football games, but he's also got to, he's got to develop this quarterback that he's given two years of first round draft picks to, and he's hurt. And to develop him, he's got to be in the football game. And now you're, you know, what are they, two and four now? So, you know, if you can't go on and win against the Bears, what happens there? You're going to throw him in there. You you have to put him in there if he's going to get hurt or not. But you at some point, you have to make that transition. And, you know, I, I don't know if you go to if you if you bench Jimmy Garoppolo now, can you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, you know, usually it's if, if you bench your starting quarterback, it's, it's tough to go back to him because you've kind of messed with his confidence a little bit. So, you know, we're, we're moving forward. We'll see. But. You know, the great thing about the NFL, you know, the next week you got to play another opponent. You have an opportunity uh, to step forward and do something. And they go on the road, very physical. And there's a there's a defensive player there that I I, I think he's still there, Khalil Mack. 
And, you know, do you want to you want to throw your rookie to him? So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're the 49ers, uh, we have to spin this forward. What, what, what do you do? Uh, Matt, you know, you're the head coach and GM. You could sit in the chairs of both Shanahan and Lynch. Bears coming up. Obviously, they have some defensive talent. Uh, Justin Fields, their young quarterback, though, is really, really struggling. He fumbled a bunch of times today. Uh, so, the, I mean, there should be an opportunity for the 49ers defense to put its stamp on the game. And, you know, if, if that's the case, if the weather is good, I think it's going to be decent in Chicago. I'm not sure. They'll have to check that. I don't think it's going to be as wet as it was in the, in the Bay Area today. But uh, there should be a chance for the offense to dig in and fix some stuff and and execute, you know, without an Aaron Rodgers on the other side, with a struggling rookie on the other side. Um, I know everything's up in the air right now because nobody's sure how healthy Trey Lance is, but I, I think if you're the 49ers, you have to move forward with the plan that you had earlier this season, and that's to get Trey Lance some playing time. If anything – Maybe that gives you the mojo spark that you need, right? Uh, right now, it's a malaise that's kind of trickling down into all corners of this team. Sometimes the snap out of the malaise, the play tougher, to go and make the plays that you need to make, like the one that Drake Kirkpatrick didn't make against Michael Pittman there at the end of the game when Pittman just ran him over, grabbed the ball, and went into the end zone. Sometimes it's just an attitude. It's just a vibe that needs to be corrected. And fine, maybe Trey Lance isn't ready to play. You know, I think we've been pretty clear about that. Shanahan has. We've seen the film. We've seen the poor efficiency from Trey Lance. I don't know if he's ready for 30 decisions from the pocket per game, but I think he's ready to give the 49ers a spark. And I think Shanahan knew that in the offseason. I think he knew that he would need that, right? He would need that on top of whatever Garoppolo could give them. So uh, I'm wondering what you think, but if I'm in those you know, head coaching and GM chairs. I sure hope Trey Lance is healthy because I think he's your ticket to the spark that the 49ers need right now. I, I really think you need to find a way to get him some action, even if it's limited in this upcoming game at Chicago. Yeah, go back to go back to plan A. Go back to what everybody was thinking was going to be the case uh, in the preseason, which was, you know, uh, a healthy sprinkling of Lance at the very least in these games. Um, you know what the what the 49ers did in 2012 with with Colin Kaepernick it worked out really well uh, and, and it got Kaepernick ready for when he did have to take over now Ka- Kaepernick of course spent a full rookie season just kind of observing um, but uh, he got uh, you know a, a few snaps here and there and then when he had to come in came in and played brilliantly so yeah the, the question is okay what if what if Lance just isn't isn't ready? And, uh, you know, I, I think the answer there is, uh, you know, if there's anything to, to salvage from the wreckage that was the, the Colts 49ers game, it's that Elijah Mitchell he finished with 107 yards, averaged 5.9 yards a carry. They had the outside zone run humming. Um, I even thought uh, Jalen Morrow was making some. They weren't quite Trent Williams-like uh, blocks on the second level, but he was getting out there. Um, and uh, you, you've got you've got something to build off of. You, you can run that. Um, we, we've said this quite a bit today. The, the 49ers just seem to abandon it, um, you know, at uh, for for long stretches. But that's something that they have to be optimistic about. The fact that at least Elijah Mitchell can give you some semblance of a running game, because to me that was the real 
the biggest issue over the first uh, five games is that, uh, you know, it was one running back after another and they had no consistency. Mitchell is bringing that consistency. He's healthy. He runs hard. 5.9 yards a carry should get you a win in this league. They, they, they just keep making too many mistakes uh, and it over overbalances, counterbalances that. But um, that should be a big enough building block where you can get a win against what's, you know, um, frankly, a, a pretty bad Bears team. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talk about what, what's the identity of this 49ers offense, and it's, and, it's, and it's the run game. But what's missing, though, I think, are, 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 the, are the big kind of splash plays. Uh, you know, like we saw tonight with those rollouts when you, when you, when you hit Debo down the field or you, you hit the tight end down the field for big gash plays. And that's where Brandon IU comes in. I mean, you, you have to be able to stretch the defense at some point. And I don't even know if Jimmy, th- Jimmy threw the ball, you know, the second, third quarter down the football field. I know it was a, the ball was heavy and it was wet, slippery. But it didn't stop Carson Wentz. You know, he was he was going down the field. So there's just no, you know, you, if you if if the 49ers are running the ball 30, 20, 30 times a football game, your running back's getting 100 yards. You really should win the football game. But if you don't have a deep threat, some big gash, some big explosive plays, it makes it tough to win the football games. And then what we're not talking about is. The turnover game. The 49ers can't seem to win the turnover game. And tonight it was four turnovers. They got two turnovers, two takeaways. But again, you give the ball away four times. It's tough to win football games, bottom line. You know, and what's maddening, Dennis, is, you know, we talk about the lack of explosive plays. And yes, for most of the game, that was true. At the very start, they had some explosive runs and they had one play action pass for 28 yards of Debo Samuel early. But you're right, it disappears for the most part in the second half, except for the one drive where they go 70 plays in three yards, just out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, it crawls right back in the shell. So you think, okay, the Colts are running eight-man fronts, eight-man fronts, eight-man fronts. You just got, I don't care if it's raining. You have to roll Jimmy out, let him throw down fields, at least see what happens. Kyle Shanahan does that right on cue. They go down the field 70 yards in three plays. Guys are open. Garoppolo makes the throws, touchdown Debo Samuel. Do we see any of that again? Nope. It's all gone. Next drive, back to business as usual. And uh, and that's the frustrating part, yeah, right? that's the most frustrating part. Yeah. Because you see it for three plays and it's gone. And then Kyle Shanahan, for the first time, acknowledged today that he hasn't been able to find his rhythm as a play caller, which I think is as close to him acknowledging that that you know he didn't call a great game as, as we're probably going to get in a press conference but um you know that goes back to what i was saying before the stuff that that was working early shanahan went away from and the stuff that was working on that drive in the second half it didn't seem that he continued doing and the colts went out and said in their press conference they're happy that that he did go away from it so go figure, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess it does make sense if you view it in the big picture that stuff just isn't clicking from the coaching decisions to the personnel, you know, when stuff isn't clicking, then then nonsensical kind of pieces do start floating around. And, and I think that the play calling rhythm is, is one of them that just doesn't make sense right now. 
anyway, good stuff, guys. We analyzed it as well as we could have. We'll probably have more clear heads whenever we talk this week before the 49ers travel to Chicago to play the Bears. So anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you next time on the Here's the Catch podcast.